Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Anime Tour Bus. It's me, your non-expert Eric, and who's that sitting next to me? Well, that's you, listener. What you doing? Oh, you're on a you're on an ordering app. Ooh, uh, let's. You should get the steak frites. Metzger, do you pronounce it? Metzger's our expert. Do you pronounce it as frites? Frites? What? How do you say that? It's frites. Steak frites. No, that doesn't add up. Ooh, hey, uh, I've been listening to this cool audiobook. It's uh, it's all about uh, Descartes. God damn you. Uh, you should definitely check it out, listener. But before you check that out, why don't you uh, check out this podcast? Metzger, well, this is obviously a podcast where I am the non-expert. Metzger is the expert that we never listen to, except about new up-and-coming anime. Um, she is the the bus master. She uh, has a as a uh, a shameful contract with it, which she will not dive into um, with me nor anyone else, lest the bus consume her. Um, and and this is our podcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in the anime world. We've watched two new episodes of our anime, Delicious in Dungeon and The Witch and the Beast. Matt, here, which would you like to start with this week? Dee. Dee. Let's do Delicious and Dungeon. Okay, well, that really ties in well with the Stick Freak Test. That's not how you say that. I, okay, I want you to know that me and my uh, coworker that you know, uh, me and him uh, were no, at a restaurant. No, don't you dare drag him into this. We were we were at a restaurant um, with two uh, female coworkers of ours, and uh, and and um, I very confidently said I am going to get the steak free tes. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> and then he goes, "It's pronounced frit," and he goes, "It's French. The S is silent." And I, I say very confidently, the S wasn't silent when you just said it. Ha ha, seems like you're wrong. And the guy comes to deliver the, 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 not the, not the chef who took our, my order of the steak frites, but instead, uh, the, the actual like delivery person who's always a different person comes and, uh, it, it's a dude and he says, uh, steak frites. And I was like, that's not my meal. <laughs> You think that you would have learned with the Descartes thing? That I did not. I refuse to learn, which is why I'm constantly the non-expert. So, no, that... Hold on, hold on. Yeah. We're still on this friendship for a second. Yeah. Uh, I started reading a book about Marie Antoinette today, and then while going over that, um, we looked up uh, another big French figure. Yeah. And the internet has ruined both myself and the producer because his name is Marquis de Busey. As in Gary Busey. No, we read it as the Marquis de Bussy. <laughs> Get that bussy. <laughs> we knew the correct way and we ignored it. <laughs> All right. So, Metzger, um, speaking of things that are delicious we uh, make bread that's your what, give me a synopsis beyond we make bread why are you like coming from my synopses this season like you didn't like we eat cock meat you don't like we like we made bread cock meat i will stand <laughs> but <laughs> we make bread is not good enough we garden and then we make bread 
There we go. <laughs> All right. Mesker, what's problematic about gardening? Uh, we used, that's the whole thing. Is we like, used human sewage for it. Okay. Well, that's, that's one thing, right? The whole thing is like, ah, oh, we can make meals that are delicious and good, but they come with a little asterisk of how problematic they are. First off, um, I don't find them problematic. I feel that since she's made an entire fucking ecosystem down here, and yeah. that if anything, he's helping to prevent soil erosion from these golems. So he's he's getting essentially the uh, the golems that he cares about to make uh, make food um, that that you know veggies and stuff like that down below. Um, their ability to you know make nutrients in soil is is a symbiotic relationship shared with the plants. So the better the plants do, the more held together the golem is. And then he uh, he actually yeah, harvests and uh, and then like goes through the whole process. He kills them only to bring them back to life. Uh, for his own dark, dark needs. Golems are not truly alive. Yeah, they're like robots of life. They're the viruses of, of soil. So they're not sentient. So it's not like he's removing that from them. They have totems in them that imbue them with a singular purpose. And, you know, he breaks them down, removes the totems from them, harvests the crops builds them back up, puts the totem back in. It is the most ethical thing possible because he even practices crop rotation. Oh, yeah, to keep the soil healthy and good. Yeah, um, I love how the they're like, oh, yeah, uh, oftentimes along these, there's uh, toilets that are being, like, well taken care of. I have no idea who does this. It's just him. It's No, what's even better than that is he was growing so much that he was yep. like leaving it and had a treasure chest where you could just pay, like pay what you want. Honor system, yeah. Yeah, but um, people kept stealing the money from the chest and it turns out it was them. <laughs> They're like, wow, I always wondered why there was just money hanging out here. <laughs> <laughs> super easy to get and super cool. Um, no, and uh, so so back, back where... We back where you live and I used to live, um, there was there's a guy who sells honey and he leaves it outside. It's an honor system that you like pay for the honey and stuff. I would regularly get honey from this man, throw throw my money into his little little till and all that. And apparently the dude never had any issues with it and is still doing good to this day. Um, he's also a pastor at like a nearby church, so like that might help uh, because nobody wants to be divinely smited, smot. I think it's more so just the fact that you don't really go seeking honey without a purpose for it. So I don't know too many people who are going to just steal honey or the money in the box, right? So honey, honey money, if you will. Also, it was in a kind of a it's not a desolate location, but it's not like it was. You got to go a little bit out. of. I mean, it's along like it's a main not highway like where we lived was walkable. Yeah, it's it's along like a main highway. You got to know who you're looking for in order. <laughs> so to get this would it. have had to have been a pre-planned honey heist. Honey heist. Oh, you've triggered my my sleeper agent words. 
Uh, Metzger, that's right. It's time for me to kill every human in a bar. Okay. Be safe. No, I was referencing. I know the ogres. Yeah. So, um, they go to a bar to because right or are they ogres? They're they're orcs. orcs. Uh, they go to a bar to sell things and all that, and they're like, "How dare you come here to sell veggies?" It's this underground taboo seedy joint that apparently doesn't even sell like good good meals. No, because people aren't there for good meals. People are there probably to perform underhanded acts against each other and hope that they won't get caught by someone that's going to murder them. And then the orcs show up. They raid and the murders them and murders them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But luckily, Senshi's got street cred with them. The guy's like, hey, because I like you, I'm only going to steal everything off of you and leave you alive. (laughs) On this, the third floor, (laughs) the the most unsafe place for you to not have weapons or armor or any form of self-protection. Well, I think they the number they were so heavily outnumbered that with the little bit that they had. Senshi wasn't super worried about getting murdered. Um, unfortunately, Senshi volunteers them as hostages. Because he's real excited about some yeast that they found in the bar. I love Senshi fucking yelling. At I love Senshi yelling in general. Yeah. How dare you? Don't fucking touch. Don't drop that. That is more valuable than you can imagine. Yeah, he's like, that's fermented. But then later, after they've been walked back to uh their imprisonment and put in what is supposed to be a cage but is more just like a giant baby gate since she is just rattling it screaming bread 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 just yelling over and over (laughs) and then we learn about racism in this world yeah and it's a little on the nose in my opinion they did a really good job Talking about how, like, both sides is like, you know, hey, everybody's kind of been wronged here, and now everybody has, like, kind of some jaded opinions of each other and stuff. Like, well, this wouldn't have happened if not for you. Well, we were stuck in this situation because of you. Like, it's honestly, like, fairly nuanced. Both sides feel like they were doing what was necessary to survive. Hmm. Unfortunately, I kind of do feel like there was a true victim here and it may have been the orcs do you explain i mean being forced into what is essentially a ghetto yeah 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 i know and then and then what's worse is it's a gentrified ghetto because the people from the surface come down and they um what in one of the first episodes they talked about there used to be kind of like strippers or scalpers that would like come in and just take things that were valuable from the outside of the the upper castle. I mean, they're regularly getting raided, but also like they were attacking people up top, but also, you know, manifest destiny, like a little bit, a little bit of manifest destiny from the, the humans and the elves, it sounds like. Yeah, they show up like adventurers come in here to have fun and have a good time and kind of go camping. And then also ransack whatever fucking valuables they can take back to the surface. I want to say. Oh, man, I want to say that it was Gwyneth Paltrow. God damn it. Who? What do you mean? 
No, just keep going. I'm trying to, like, find it exactly, but if memory serves, you could get um, yeast to make bread from Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, she also sold... Gwyneth Paltrow sold so much shit. Yeah, um, I don't understand how she was Iron Man's wife. She also sold, like, anti... eggs, yeah. Anti-psychic vampire perfume. I mean, which which is, yeah, yeah, um, pretty needed in the current um, economy. Yeah, uh-huh. all those toxic vampires taking all your good energy. We don't have much energy to spare. But yeah, you could make like bread with like her vaginal yeast or something like that. <laughs> um, they, she also did like <laughs> vaginal steamings and stuff. But but like she would like ship you a th- and you could like you know, make your make your bread rise with it and stuff like that's apparently still more useful than bath water. Well, then there was the whole like jade egg thing that that just a lot of vaginal stuff, if I'm being honest here, Um, which apparently uh, resulted in a one hundred and forty five thousand dollar lawsuit for unsubstantiated marketing claims. Yeah, Um, I would believe that. She had a book called Water Has Feelings. all right. Well, moving on from that, uh, we we get into this big discussion about like what does it mean for like uh you, you know orc uh, uh repression suppression I don't know I don't know how to say that um but uh, it would be oppression oppression um and as we're yelling we're properly needing dough <laughs> yeah uh huh we are really working through these feelings in a very safe and practical environment this is like therapy. Thanks, I was going to say, they were throwing the dough in such a way as they were yelling that I was like, yeah, that's going to have all kinds of good air bubbles in it. <laughs> all the gluten chains. <laughs> and, yeah, and he's like <laughs> adding stuff to it and being like, all right, now we're going to do this. As they're like yelling at each other, th- smacking it in. <laughs> like I'm like, yes. They come together and break bread in the end. I love the little orc baby. He's so cute. And and they they do a trick. They're like, well, we all made the bread and your father said it'd be fair. Like trick the baby <laughs> into a sense of justice. A child who doesn't understand racial tension. <laughs> I love the little orc baby. He made me so happy. Such a and he talks so good for being what appears to be like a one year old. I think he's like three. OK, well. He talks exquisitely well, <laughs> but we don't know their their life cycle. So could be a giraffe situation. Um, <laughs> okay. You weren't I, ready for giraffe situation. I, I was not. I was not. <laughs> I thought that was that was a little like off the cuff. Like, oh, that wasn't when even a, me trying to joke. One of the secondary characters in the show is a fucking elf. And you're like, oh, we don't know what their life cycles like. Maybe they're giraffes. <laughs> I said a giraffe situation. I was shorthanding somebody that comes out of swinging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what giraffes do. They come bearing their fists. Uh, Metzger, that takes us through our first episode, Delicious <laughs> in Dungeon, uh, that we watched this week. Uh, let's take a, a second to thank everybody for listening and say, hey, if you want to interact with us, if you want to give us recommendations, if you want to tell us your opinions on racial <laughs> tension or giraffes. 
and the gentrification of orcs. Uh, then, hey, you should check us out on uh, Anime Tour Bus on Instagram, Anime underscore Bus on X, formerly known as Twitter, and uh, AnimeTourBus.wordpress.com is where you can find all of our episodes and more about us. Uh, hey, Metzger, let's talk about our second episode. Uh, so this is The Witch and the Beast. Um, Metzger, Metzger, what... If something happened to the producer, would you raise him from the dead in an unholy creature um, and control his mind with your intentions? Why do you have to ask me questions like this? Um, the gut answer is no, of course not. That's terrible. And then I think about it for a second and I go, I would be the best fucking necromancer. I bet I could make him whole again. So this is uh, before Metzger was interested in a, uh, a career in podcasting. Um, <laughs> Metzger wanted to be a mortician. Metzger uh, 100% wanted to be a mortician. Still, Metzger still to this day the idea. romanticizes it in the same way that I romanticize going to Germany and getting my PhD in Adlershof, the city of science. Um, it'll never happen. It genuinely will not happen. But, like, we can romanticize an idea. <laughs> um, so, uh, Metzger, um, maybe maybe not the mind control aspect, but if, like, yeah, yay or nay, what, what was your gut reaction when they were talking about, like, oh, um, a person has to, uh, like, either give consent before they die or someone no more than, like, twice removed from them uh, that's a family member can, like, give it. So, you know, your, your husband or wife or, like, kids. What do you think? What happens when uh, you have someone that's not maintained, that's just uh, awoken, let's say, and um, not, not getting their regular uh, zombie checkups? Uh, they become a wild, mindless creature. <laughs> Same. Oh God. Um, Mesker. So, so you would say no as a gut reaction? Is that is that kind of what you're you're leaning towards? I mean, definitely. But I do have some knowledge that you don't have. That makes you lean a little bit towards the no, right? That 100% makes me lean towards the no. And the only reason I even thought about yes is because you put me in the position to where I was like, I'd be the best goddamn fucking necromancer. So let's suppose that you were a necromancer. You were the doctor in this situation, you know, taking care of the patient. I would bring other people's loved ones back, but never my own. Really? Yeah. uh Uh-huh. 100%. Wow. That's interesting. Um... Yeah, so, uh, Metzger, before we get too far ahead, uh, why don't we get a synopsis, kind of a layout of the the land for this episode? Because this episode's a little bit different. Is it a little bit different? Oh, it involves new characters. Like, our our two main characters only show up very briefly. And this episode's just like the case of the mysterious necromancer. We have two new characters, one of which is a woman who can summon light that makes zombies come. She's kind of their their uh, expert she is in necromancy. a necromancer. Yeah, super obviously. And then he is uh, a dude with a knife and also the worst job imaginable. 
Oh, do you like that the detector's name is Jeff, but it's pronounced Jeffu? <laughs> did you pick up on that one? No, I did not. That one skipped me. <laughs> Jeffu? Yeah. yeah, his name is Jeffu. <laughs> Which I feel is how, if you ever meet someone named Jeff and you get comfortable with them, that's what you're going to call them. Jeffu? Um, no, so that's the crux of this episode. We're following some different characters, but yeah, it is functionally just the case of the Zambies. Um, a bunch of them that are uncontrolled are showing up out of nowhere. Uh, we are, you know, trying to see if we can, you know, kind of call them to us. Oops, there's a lot of them. It's fine. He'll take care of it. Wow, that sucked. Oh, we're being watched. Okay, well, let's figure out. Oh, we've been, we tracked down the guy and he killed Johan. Hey, he just slits Johan's fucking throat. And she's like, let me get to him. I can save him. And he's like, if you ever want to uh, save him or have him with you again, you, you'll come with me. So she's essentially going to be forced into necromancy of Johan. There's this one guy that's kind of roaming around and we don't super get to see his face. The only thing we really know about him is that he desperately needs chapstick. And he's real into redheads. Yeah, he's prowling around the graveyard and he's just like really into redheads. And it seems like he's almost doing charity work for people that can't afford necromancy. Like, we've got some back alley like necromancy shit going on. Well, the first the first like thing that we see this episode is a, a naked girl who is very, very booby and very dead and also very redhead. And this guy calls her hideous. Yeah, calls her hideous, is standing over her naked body, touching her with his very long, very pointy, very painted nails, um, and desperately needs chapstick. It was, I imagine that girls don't like that when they see that. I imagine that girls are like a, a bit of a shiver, uh, a spooky man with long pointy nails standing over their dead body. Like, I imagine that girls are going to give that a thumbs down. There's a subsect of girls that are definitely into that. That will give it a strong thumbs up. But the majority. Metzger, um, this one threw me for a loop. I first off, we're given the thing of like, you know, if you kill the zombie, the soul is still trapped in the body, but the body isn't like functional. Yeah. Uh, unless the necromancer like comes back and like does their shit to it again, right? Um so does the soul ever leave the body like it's supposed to? No. If that's what I'm getting stuck on, so like That's the consequence of one of they keep hinting at the consequences of necromancy. Yeah. And should you agree to necromancy, it's forcing the soul back into the body the soul can no longer do what a soul would do in this universe after death. Yeah, whatever that might be. Presumably in most dualistic, like, you know, universes go on to whatever is next for a soul, right? Yeah, either reincarnation or onto some sort of paradise or whatever, whoever. That can no longer happen. That's, a, that's something I picked up on very fast i was like holy shit what the soul's still attached to the body even like that is that is a mind-boggling thing to like then subject your loved one to and 
it is a very complex situation because there are those of us that drastically fear death. Yeah. And I think a lot of human beings fear death for different reasons. Like we fear death because we don't know what happens next or we fear death because we think we know what happens next. Oh, if there's an afterlife, I'm for sure going to hell. Like whatever, whatever bad place that's, that's where Eric's going. Well, even then there are some people that believe that nothing happens and then they're afraid of that concept of nothingness. Like it's very hard to perceive your existence not being there which is what i've i personally think but also like we don't freak out like if you think of like you know hey when you were real little when you were born and stuff like that and then what was before that for most people that doesn't freak them out but there's some reason of like after you also can't conceptualize and you're never going to have to fully conceptualize what happened before you that's true. Yeah. And yet, you know, on the on the cusp of death, you're like, uh oh, this is this is happening. You are going to have to eventually confront death and there's nothing you can do about it except for hasten it. If given the option, many might say, hey, I want to I want to bind my soul to my body. Is there like a time limit? Can you just in infinitely live? Well, in we, we know that it can occur at least uh, two months after. Well, but that's what I'm curious about is like, OK, suppose I'm I'm fresh off the the I don't know, somebody karate me too hard. <laughs> he done got judoed to death. Yeah. So somebody somebody said and and now Eric's a goner. And luckily, the the judo instructor, he part times as a necromancer. <laughs> He's got his apprenticeship as the local tattoo artist. Yeah, he uh, so he's been, you know, tattooing on his own leg and he says, you know what? And then he pops his knuckles and gives it the old roll up of the sleeves a go. Um, so he he goes me back to life and now I'm just around and I'm getting my regular checkups like I'm opposed to like he he, he brought the little little handbook, the the electrician's guide with him. So he gave me the old what and two right after, Hey, Eric, you're dead. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, uh, your soul forever bound <laughs> and your soul's forever bound to your body. That was a choice that I made for you. Um, how long can, can I live for like thousands of years after no. that? As long as I do the, no, the maintenance thing. Remember, because the only person that can perform maintenance is the necromancer that resurrected them. Is that the rule? I can't go to I can't go to someone out of network. That's why they have these rogue strays wandering around and they don't just like take them to another necromancer to get them tuned up. This is the most American insurance kind of bullshit I've ever fucking heard. I was going to say each necromancer has their own proprietary knowledge. That's that is trash. No standardization. I go out of network and I'm just straight fucked. Yeah, uh-huh. You will just eventually, your necromancer will die or oh, become hold up. too. Hold can up. you necromance a necromancer That's so they can where continue? I was going. So <laughs> can, can we Russian up. nesting doll this situation? No, that's the straight up woman who ate the fly kind of situation. I'm just going to have an infinite line of necromancers. And then they all just are like family doctors. Like they only take care of their specific patients, not taking care of like new ones and stuff like that. Like, 
Oh, old 14th century Greg the Third. He's he's still taking care of me. Like that they they don't accept new patients and stuff. Like they they're just you know infinitely regressing. No, I'm. I feel like that's the answer. Maybe. We solved it in one, unless necromancers can't be necromanced. Jeffu is talking about it, and Jeffu has a very um, racist view towards this. He calls um, the zombies things instead of people. Yeah. Uh, he says that those those damn things don't come all the way. Like science has gotten us pretty far, but they don't ever come back all the way right. You know. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, they always come back different or something like that, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> I feel like the, we we're just talking about um, actual resuscitation at, through like human medicine, like when the when defibrillators came about and we were reviving people and they were coming back like not the same, like the same person having undergone yeah. massive physical trauma i mean uh, that's that's kind of what it, like so suppose that like i don't know i had a, a heart attack and you know it was to the Widowmaker uh, artery to the heart and stuff like that so I, it's a big one right supply 70 percent of the blood to the heart and like i'm gonna fucking die unless i get a bypass surgery imagine and that, you like, do you code on the table uh, no, no, no. Imagine I just get that surgery. I get a stint in me and, you know, it's it, immediately good. I am good the next day. I mean, obviously, maybe I'll take a day off or two from work, you know, really milk it for what it's worth. Uh, but most of the time. No, most of the time, like the stint completely resolves the issue and like completely fixes it. The problem is people go back to like doing heavy lifting or like their normal work and shit like that before the stint has like fully like grown into place um, and the, the tissue has accepted it. So um, in which case the stint will get dislodged and the person will proceed to have the same heart attack they were having before. Um, so so oftentimes, like, you know, you take some time off and, you know, you, you recover because it's a heart attack that people don't recommend it. It's not a good time. Um, but anyway, so suppose I just get a stint and then my family's like, I don't know, this Eric guy, he he came back different. I don't think it's the same person. Like <laughs> that were the case. But it's just Eric had a cold. He's never been the same since. <laughs> my grandmother actually got a cold as a child and was never the same afterwards. I don't Oh, I thought for a second that you were being legitimate. I am. I, was, I am. What? My grandmother, my biological grandmother, when she was around the age of three, got so ill and they didn't have access to health care uh, that she fell into a coma. And the fever was so great that it actually caused brain damage. Wow. Yeah. As my uh, as my adoptive grandmother would put it, her brain got burnt up. First off, I hate that. Second off, it's not wrong. It's just. So what happened is, is she was permanently developmentally stunted after that part. Or after yeah, that point. she had the proteins in her brain like denature to the point that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. So we, we've we've really uh, deep dived into the I personally um, I, I wouldn't ever bring uh, my any family member or pet back from the dead in a form of necromancy that binds their soul there permanently, even without the soul thing. 
it should be noted that this is my favorite arc of this series. The zombie arc, I feel like, is really good. It's really good, and I really like where it goes. I also am just kind of partial to zombies, and that's probably got a big thing to do with it. Um, we are we were skipping over Jeffu though. Jeffu yeah. is racist towards zombies and recently lost a loved one that he was not. I'm guessing it's his girlfriend. Yeah, but they weren't like engaged or he, they weren't married, so he doesn't get a say on whether or not she gets revived. Her but parents he didn't said want her no way. Revived in the first place, he he was a big no. He is, he's adamant about not resurrection he, he's not even like you know it's not for me and my family i'm just doing what's good for me and my family he's yeah. like no one should do this he's like i know I mean, he's got he's got but... hot takes but i think they're hot takes we agree with right maybe not like it level hot takes but like not being good our new girl fenora uh she like views all souls equally possibly because she fully understands the craft and necromancy and is therefore able to you know have a vastly different perception of it than the guy who views them as just like wayward husks Carry on my wayward husk. I fucking hate you. Uh, whenever he finds out a little bit more about the mechanics of necromancy, he starts to slightly change his opinion, but it's still kind of offensive. I actually, I, I think we can have a strong opinion without it being like, you know, um, like offensive or wrong. like he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong, but um. Still, He's very aggressive about a stance. Nora doesn't super appreciate him calling them like toys, even though he's actually in this moment impassioned by the the lack of respect for them that this wayward necromancer has. Yeah. Because this necromancer is essentially raising an army of them. He doesn't care if they're fully formed. He doesn't care if they have any concept of who they are. They and he they don't really even they're not even imprinted with like an objective. They just kind of are. They're just mindless creatures brought back for uh, violent purposes. And they have no soul, which is kind of part of the course for redheads, right? Yeah, I mean. That's probably why he's choosing specifically redheads. Yeah, sure. And then we get to a porch and he's possessed. Um, he's got one of them in manual mode. But then, lo and behold, who shows up? Jeffu's fucking girlfriend. She's been resurrected. Against Which would her will, make me livid. I would be so upset. Yeah, especially when you now know that their souls are bound to their body. Yeah, that's fucked. So it's like the damage has already been fucking done. Like, no matter what you do, you can get justice and shit like that of like, you know, taking down the necromancer and stuff. You can't unbind her soul to her body again. Yep, exactly. And that's where it cliffhangers. That's really tragic. Yeah, it's it's really fucked up. It's it's going to get slightly more fucked up. Oh, for sure. But that I I like that they're introducing like challenging concepts. If that makes sense, like I'm very into um, this. Is a very different thing than our first episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm very into how different and kind of um, 
novel this is. This is a it's given us a lot to talk about. Um, if I can hear- make one last comment, though. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the manga is a really good source material. I really like that. But I want to say, I think where the anime shines is in its background creation. Because it has a really good way of framing shots where the background has got something super entertaining happening, even while there's exposition on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Like platypus kaiju, just like throwing fuckers. Damn it. Um... No, and and this is first off, I have felt like Johan in many relationships in my life. So, um, heart heart goes out to Johan. Um, listener, we hope that you've had fun and enjoyed these concepts. If you have opinions on whether or not you would bind your souls of loved ones to their body eternally, or if you would, uh, you know, bring back, you know, somebody from the dead, bring back an enemy from the dead. I don't know. Whatever your your twisted heart desires, well, tell us about those at uh, Anime Tour Bus on Instagram, Anime underscore Bus on Twitter, and uh, check us out at AnimeTourBus.wordpress.com. Uh, hey, thanks for hanging out with us. We hope that you uh, eat some good steak fritas. And until next time, bye. bye.